Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. For this evening, we're going to be deliberating on what I have called origin. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, let's quickly turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 15. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 15. And he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Let's do verse. You know what? Why don't we start from verse 13? Let's start from verse 13. For if we are beside ourselves, it is not, it is for God, sorry. Or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. Verse 14. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. How many of you believe that the death of Jesus is your death? Hallelujah. So, Verse 15 says, And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Verse 16. Therefore, from now on, somebody say from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Verse 17. Therefore, so let's read this together. One to go. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. Some people know the scripture, but don't know where it's found. So let's say it together, just like we're, we're taught in, um, 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 in Sunday school. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. So let's say that. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, now you quote it. Let's go. Want to go? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If this is you that we're talking about, look at your neighbor and say, that's me. That's me. Look at three people and tell them, that's me. I'm a new creation. That's me. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new person. How many brand new people do we have here? I'm a brand new person. If anyone is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When he says behold, he says see. Look at it. All things have become new. Behold, all things have become There's something to show when you're new. So it says behold, all things have become new. If anyone is in Christ... Tell your neighbor, say, I'm in, I'm in Christ. Preach it. Preach it to your neighbor. Say, I'm in Christ. 
And I am a new creation. Behold. It means look at me now. I'm a new creation. All things have become new. Hallelujah. It's very critical when we look at the life of Jesus that we understand that the the birth of Jesus is not the same as the origin of Jesus. So the fact that he has a biological mother, um, even though he doesn't have a biological father, does not mean that um, um, Jesus did not have a father. And if you look at the synoptic gospels, that is the gospel according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then the gospel of John, you would find out that Jesus made more reference to his um, um, father than even his biological mother. The biological mother, the woman who was more in touch with his birth naturally. So Jesus was more in touch with his father, not even his mother. He hardly made reference to his mother. He hardly made reverence to what was um, um, of the natural. At the age of 12, the young man Jesus was um, 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 at the temple and his mother was looking for him for several days. And when they finally found Jesus, the mother said to Jesus, where have you been? We've been looking for you. For days now you were missing. And then Jesus' reply was very uh, 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 amazing. He said, don't you know that I am supposed to be about my father's business. And of course he wasn't talking about his supposed natural father. Because his father's business was the business of a carpenter. But he wasn't making reference to his natural father's business. He was making reference to his heavenly father's business. And I'm sure that Jesus knew that there was some controversy about his birth. That he was born of a virgin woman. Because there were prophecies about him. While he was going through the laws and the prophets, while he was um, in the temple learning and observing from um, the the priests and the prophets, asking them questions, he found out some things that were prophesied about a boy or a child who will be born by a virgin woman that matches his story. So Jesus was very aware that he was not of the natural, but of the spiritual. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, it is important to know that at the age of 12, Jesus had a clear understanding of his identity. And he never took his identity to his natural mother. He hardly made reference to his natural mother. He most times made reference. If you read those gospels, you will see most times Jesus will pray and he will say, Our father or my father. I thank you because you always hear me. He would always say, my father. He was always talking about his heavenly father. Do you get what I'm saying? But in the real sense, he didn't actually have a father. So that means that the birth of Jesus is not the same as the origin or the source of Jesus. Another word for origin is parentage or um, ancestry. So the roots of Jesus was different. Not the same as the natural. So there was something about Jesus that was supernatural. So the wise kings or the wise uh, men who, who were at the time that Jesus was born, in, in Matthew chapter 2 verse 1, you will see the story of the wise men. The Bible says that they saw the star. And when they saw the star, they were up and about. Jesus being born um, um, in Bethlehem of Judea. He was born and he, um, he was... 
um, um, in the days of King Herod, born at that time, the Bible says that there were wise men who came looking at the star. Verse 2 talks about how that they um, um, were requesting or trying to find out where the one who is born king of the Jews was. And in verse 11 of Matthew chapter 2, the Bible talks about the fact that they finally got into the room where Mary and the mother of Jesus was. So, the wise men, by the way, they were not three wise men. There were many wise men, but they had three gifts. So, it's, it, people just misunderstand the concept that they were just three wise men. There were a lot of the wise men in those days went in caravans. They went in multitudes. They were, they were, they were in so much number, you know. So they got into the room where Jesus and the mother was. And the Bible said that the wise men saw Jesus. That's the child Jesus. And then they also saw the mother of Jesus. And they fell to worship the child. That's interesting. Because I feel that the only person you should worship is the one who is deserving of worship. So it tells you that for the wise men to worship Jesus, he must have had a history of something that is deserving of worship for them to worship him. So, so they presented the gifts to Jesus. They worshiped him. The Bible is specific of who they worship, not the mother. I didn't say anything. If you have Matthew chapter 2 verse 11, put it up the screen. The Bible says that the wise men bowed down and they worshipped him. The mother was there, but they didn't worship the mother. We don't worship Mary. You hear what I'm saying to you? We don't worship who? Mary. We worship who? Jesus. That's God. Jesus is not a junior God. Jesus is not a less God. We learned that in the program that I, I went for. Matthew chapter 2 verse 11, please. So the Bible says that they bowed down and they worshipped him. So I, I kept asking myself, why did these people worship Jesus? So scripture talks about, the, if you go back to verse 2 of Matthew chapter 2, the wise men were looking for the one who is born king of the Jews. Now, I know that a child is born. But a king is made. I want you to follow me closely. A, a child, the scripture prophesied about the coming of Jesus. They said, for unto us, a child is born. So we understand that Jesus will be born as a child. But verse 2 in, in Matthew chapter 2 says that the wise men were requesting or they were inquiring. Where is the one who has been born king. Born king. It means that he is born as a king, not to be king. Which tells you that there is a history of existence of Jesus. It tells you that before he came, his natural birth only made you see that he was a king before. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because in, in the natural world, a king is made. So that's why Jesus was so conscious at the age of 12. Even though he didn't have a, um, he didn't have a, a biological father, but he was more in touch with his spiritual father. So he knew who he was. 
So I'm going to point out two very important things for you to know. The first one is your identity and the second one is your purpose. He said, don't you know that I am supposed to be about my father? My father now talks about identity. He knows who he is. Then he says, my father's business purpose. So every child of God must understand his identity and also must understand his purpose. Now, follow me carefully. For the first 12 years of Jesus, he was not so much in touch with his natural past as much as he was with his eternal past. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that when Jesus was operating, he was operating as though he knew where he was coming from. So when Jesus was praying, I listened to the prayer of Jesus in Matthew chapter 17. And if you read verse 5, Matthew 17 verse 5 talks about um, Jesus praying and asking God to give him the glory that he once had in the beginning. It says, while he was still speaking, behold, um, sorry, John chapter 17 verse 5, sorry. Um, um, Jesus was praying and he said, Father, I want you to give me the glory that I once had in the beginning. So it means that before Jesus was born, he was existing. John puts it this way in the book of John chapter 1 verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And, 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 and um, what's the next verse? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and sorry and he was the same was in the beginning with god and with without him was not anything made that was made in him was light and that light was the life of men and that light what shines in darkness and darkness comprehends it not so if you fast forward to verse 14 you see you see where the bible talks about um, um jesus actualizing his existence into the flesh now he says the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth. So he tells you that Jesus was in existence before. Praise God. So it means now that if Jesus was in touch with his purpose and his purpose had nothing to do with his natural birth, everyone who is born of Jesus must be the same. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, from the day you got born again, your name changed. It doesn't matter if your last name is Adekunle. From the day you got born again, your, God became your son name. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so that you have now assumed a new family. There's a new blood flowing in your line now. That's why when Paul is praying, he says, I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He first of all calls God father. And he reckons uh, with the fact that there is a new family. So he says, I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of whom the whole family of the earth is named. So he talks about a new family. Now, when you give your life to Jesus Christ. There is a transposition of your origin. You are not from your village anymore. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. The moment you give your life to Christ, you are not from Abia. You cease to come from there. It has ceased to be your reality. They came to meet Jesus one day and they said to Jesus, your mother is looking for you. Jesus said, who is my mother? Who is my father? Who is my brother? Who is my sisters? That these ones are my brothers. These ones are my sisters. Then he went ahead to say, 
The ones who do the will of God. Those are my fathers, those are my mothers, those are my brothers, those are my sisters. So Jesus was more in touch with the origin of the father. Beyond where he's coming from. Now, I'm saying all this to say to you that uh, many of you are more in touch with your natural life than your spiritual life. Many of you are more in touch with where you are coming from as a boy or as a girl than your roots as a king. Now, you are born with an identity. Just like Jesus was born king, but not born to be king. Not just that. Inasmuch as the wise men came worshipping Jesus for what he will be. They were worshipping him. They bowed down for who he already was. So, you are not just born to fulfill a purpose. You are born with an identity. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so can you turn to me, uh, um, let's look at um, 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 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. Let's do 2 verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. It says, but you are, let's read it together, want to go. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Hold on. From the day you got born again, you, you were born royal. As Jesus was born a king, you were born a king. So he says that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people. You belong to a new group of people. Where all the Abia state people come this way. All the Yoruba people come this way. All the Hausa people come this way. But we belong to a new people. We are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. And we are not just a people, but his own. From the day I got born again, I became his own. That's my origin. That's where I'm coming from. Because your name is Kumasi or Iskilu. And you are more in touch with your brothers. Because the moment you begin to tell people who you are, or maybe, maybe your, your surname is a known surname, and there is a, there is a, there is a character trait that is very um, peculiar in your family. You begin to identify yourself with them unknowingly. But you see, you are different. You are now his own. Somebody say, I'm his own. I'm different. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like every other person. I am his own people. My, my, my state of origin has changed. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? My state of origin has changed. It might be too, it might be too far for you. It might be too extreme for you, but it's the greatest reality. Why would, why would Jesus, why? Why would Jesus pray and say, God in heaven is his father? The Jews understood it. They knew that if he said, God is his father, he was making himself equal with God. So it is easier to say that your father is the man who took care of you, the man who who fed you? Who paid your, your, your who paid your school fees? Who made sure that you know 
watched you grow, grow up as a child and, you know, you're just, you're just in touch with normal life. But see, you are his own. You are his own. You are his own. That you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you. Now, your identity gives you a responsibility. Because I am proclaiming, I am expressing. That's why I says, that's why I said, say after me, behold. For if any man is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. Behold. Behold, it means see. I'm proclaiming to you my new identity. If you've not been exuding the identity of your father, then it means you are not conscious about your origin. You're more conscious about your natural life. You're more conscious about where you were born. Please hear me very well. Where you were born is not a determination of where you're going. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Jesus was born in the manger, but the fact that he was born in the manger did not mean that he was not the savior of the world. I don't know where you were born. I don't know what kind of family you were born into. But my point to you today is that you have a new identity the moment you gave your life to Christ. Even the family you were born... See, do you know there are people who wish that they were born in another family than they were born in their families. There, there are people who wish to be born in a different family. But look, I don't wish to, born, I don't wish to be born in the family of, of anybody. I belong to his own I am his own. That's enough for me. Hallelujah. It's enough for me. Now, it says that, that you may proclaim the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, it says, who called you out of darkness into his light. What is that? What, what, what experience is that? Is that not the born again experience? That's the born again experience. So, the moment you got born again, you are now in touch with a new origin. Hallelujah. So please, respect your parents. Respect them. When, when um, the, the office is asking you to put your place of origin, please put where they know you can come from. But you should know that beyond every reasonable doubt, I am not limited to my natural family. There is a new blood flowing in my line. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is a new bloodline flowing in me. Is completely different. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, Lord, before, before the world was, before the foundations of the world, there was a particular glory that I had with you. I want you to restore me back to that glory. Everything Jesus did was in touch with who he really was. So now, your purpose and then your identity. Hallelujah. Now let's do Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. It says, Who has saved us and called us with the holy calling, not according to our works, but according to what? Somebody say it loud. His own purpose and grace. Now, Purpose and grace. Grace is identity. 
purpose is what he has foreordained you to be. So you see, um, when you are considering your origin, you must consider your origin in two lights. Who am I? What have I been called to do? Do you understand that? Who am I? Um, What is my true identity? Then, what have I been called to do? Because what you have been called to do is not what um, 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 you probably studied in the university. What you've been called to do may not necessarily be um, what you think you should do. What you have been called to do has to be discovered. You don't create what you have been called to do. So your origin is actually before you were born. Just like Jesus. There is a purpose for your life. The day you were born is not the day God decided to plan about your life. God planned about your life before you were born. So you are not an accident. Do you understand that? You are not a mistake. And there is a reason why you were born where you were born. There is a reason why you are in the family that you are in. There is a reason why you were not born 10 years before the day you were born. There is a reason why you were not born one day after the day you were born. So, your your life has been orchestrated already. The world doesn't like the word destiny. Because destiny speaks about an orchestration. So, if you talk about an orchestration, it means that there has to be an orchestrator. So, the world or the Americans will hide the fact that they believe in an orchestrator. Because things happen every day and people can't explain how they happen. And when you look at things, you know that there is a hand in this. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's orchestration. So, your life, was, your life has been orchestrated by God. I want you to begin to... See, at the age of 12, Jesus knew. He knew. There was no time to waste. He knew what time to do what. He knew where he should be. He knew where he shouldn't be. There are some people, the seasons of your life, you have not moved past one season. Even though your age is moving forward. Because in um, the line of purpose and fulfillment it is in seasons not just in age it's in seasons that's why the bible says that the men of Issachar understood the times and the seasons so your life is in seasons to every thing there is a time there is a season there is a purpose for everything so Jesus at the age of 12 he knew What he was meant to be doing at that time. And the most correct position of a man and a woman. Is when he or she is able to judge her life. From the definition of his true origin. Because a lot of things will come. And try to question your identity. You must know the answer. You must have a resolve. A lot of things will come. To pull you in all manner of direction. 
But you must know what has been pre-orchestrated for me. Can I look at, let's, let's look at Romans chapter, uh, chapter 8 verse 29. Romans chapter 8 verse 29. It says, for whom he what? Let, let's read it together. For whom he what? For you. You were foreknown by God. There are some people, some of you might be here right now, you are listening to me. Your father may not be with your mother. And you believed, or you have believed the lie, that your birth was a mistake. Or there was no reason why your father should have met your mom. But guess what? You were foreknown. You were foreknown. If you think your birth has a lot of controversy, Yours cannot be as much as Jesus. Yes. Do you understand? Yeah. Because Jesus, the Bible says um, that before Mary was espoused to her husband, um, Joseph, she was already with child of the Holy Ghost. You want to marry the girl. And then you see that her belly is already shooting out. Before she got exposed to her husband, the Bible says that she was already with child. So there was controversy about the birth of Christ. There were many reasons not to believe him. Do you understand it? So if you think your birth has controversy, there is it's not like Jesus. You are foreknown. Hallelujah. He says, For whom he foreknew, he also what? predestined to be conformed. Now, to conform means to shape in something. You may be going in a different direction, but he will conform you. Do you understand what I'm saying? He will shape in you to fit the mold. So he says that you were foreknown. He also predestined you to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn. Amongst many brethren. Scripture also talks about that. The one he called, he justified. And the one he justified, he glorifies. See, you were foreknown from the beginning. So, um, 2 Timothy chapter um, 2 verse 9 that I read to you. Or is it 1 verse 9? 1 verse 9 that I read to you. It talks about the fact that there is purpose to your predestination and your and the grace of God that you've been called into was also predestined. There's a lot of arguments about the man who gets saved. Can the person who is born again ever lose his salvation? You know, we dealt with that in, in the last conference. And there's a lot of school of thought that says many scriptures that support the fact that the moment you get saved, you cannot be unsaved. Because Jesus is a failure if he can't keep you in his hands. He says, the one who my father has given to me, he's in the hand of my father and in my hand and nobody can snatch him away from my hand. Those are strong words. So, those who have been called into salvation, into, into a new identity, 
you have been born again. You belong to a family that you can never resign from. You understand what I'm saying? So you are born again and you will be born again. He says, who is able to save us to the uttermost? Those are deep words. He says, we are not of them that draw back to perdition. But we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. The salvation of your soul is the end of faith. That's what the Bible says. A time is going to come where faith will end. But it says the salvation of your soul is the end of faith. At that point, he has saved your spirit, he has saved your soul, and he has saved your body. He says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. So you think you accepted Christ. You didn't. Now, your desire to accept Christ was because he made you have the desire. So when the Bible calls you the harvest before you got born again, he ripened you so that when you dropped, you are ready to drop. So your election or your, your, your predestination was before the foundation of the world. Somebody also says that God looked in front of time and he knew that you will accept him. So he made you part of the elect. That's another school of thought. God knew that men will make choices and he saw that you will choose him. So he elected you. He predestined you. Look, I don't care which one it is. Whether I was predestined by election or whether I made up my mind, the most important thing is that I'm saved. I'm a part of the elect. For if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Look, stop relating with your past. Stop it. You are born again now. Does a baby have a past? Do you look at a baby who is just born and you begin to think about 10 years before the baby was, was born and say, this is what the baby did, for, did to me. And you are angry with the baby and the mother. A baby doesn't have a past. But guess what? The moment you were born again, you have come into an eternity past that was in existence before you were born. Do you understand what I'm saying? The moment you give your life to Christ, you have come, you have plugged in to an eternity past that was before you were born. So, you are coming in touch with a new identity. The Bible calls Jesus the word. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Look at, look at 1 Peter chapter um, um, 1 verse 23. It says that we were born of an incorruptible seed. <laughs> that's, another, that's another scripture. It means what you were born of. Your origin cannot be corrupt. Do you understand what I'm saying? It says, having been born again. How many people here are born again? If you're born again, say, Lord, I thank you because I'm born again. It says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. I was born of the word. Now, the word that I am being born of is the same word that was in the beginning. Since 
In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And without him was not anything made that was made. So it means that what I am born of was in the creation process. You didn't catch that. It means that what you are being born out of was in the beginning with God. So when God met, I mean, he said to the, uh, the, the Trinity, he says, let us make man in our own image. And then the word was in action. The spirit of God was, of course, brooding over the surface of the waters. And then the word was in action. He now began to speak the word. You were there. Because you are born of the word. The same word. It says we are born through the word of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? It means that God always had you in mind. From the beginning that he made you, he always had you in mind. That's why believers have the most creative ability. Because you are part of the creation. In fact, the creation process involved you. Because that's what you are born out of. Somebody say, I'm a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Stop relating with your past. Stop. You will never read the Bible in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John where there was a conversation of what happened in the house of Jesus as he was growing up before 12. You know why? Because it's not relevant in scriptures. You don't need it. Whatever you see in the Bible is only relevant for the glorification of Jesus and the revelation of Jesus. So, there was never a time where um, you see there's not a time where you see the record of the carpentry of Jesus or Jesus walking with his father. Or Jesus helping his mother to carry the pot. Or Jesus fetching water for his mom. Are those things not noble things? There was never a time where you would read or where where the writers of uh, the, the Gospels put down historical backgrounds of the intimate family, the natural family of Jesus. Everything is speculation. We can only speculate. Some people said, that Jesus was a carpenter and that's why he was able to carry the cross. All those are speculations. Do you understand what I'm saying? All those are speculations. Whether he was a carpenter, I'm not sure. He's, he's, he's a carpenter, he's not a carpenter, I'm not sure. But one thing I know is that Jesus always talked about his father's business. For some of you now, if I, if I ask you to write your biography, you will speak more and dwell more about your natural family. Is that not correct? But look, see, my, my birthday is not really the day I was born. My birthday is the day I was born again. That's when my life started again. Origin transpose. 
Do you understand it? Transpose. Look, people might call you a particular name. And people may be used to calling you the name your parents gave you. But there is a name God calls you. He calls you my beloved. You are his own. And you know what? He has predestined you for a purpose. Are you in touch with it? Are you in touch with it? Jesus said that I come in the volume of the books that is written of me that I may do your will. Many people are not in touch with where they are coming from. They're not. They're not. You cannot live life just with the natural. Let me, let me close with this scripture. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. Let me show you something. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15. Okay, he says, And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Look, you are living for him. Why? Because your life is from him. Did you get that? That's deep. You are living for him because your life is from him. You are not living for your career. You are not living because you were born into a home. You are not living because you are a Yoruba boy or a Hausa man or an Igbo boy or Igbo girl. You are living for who? For him. And he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves. But for him who died for them and rose again. Now, the moment you come into a new life, it should change your perspective. Because you are in touch with a new origin. Do you understand that? That's why the next verse now explains it. Look at verse 16. He says, therefore, that's on the premise of what we just said, that we no longer live for ourselves. But if you ask yourself now, how many people are living for themselves now? There are so many people who live for themselves. Are you really living for God? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's an understanding. It's a consciousness. And the consciousness makes the life that you are meant to live just an overflow. Because it, it begins to pour out of you. Hallelujah. So, on that premise, it says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. What it means is, when I look at Pastor Ideal, I don't look at him based on his father. I don't look at him based on his mom. I don't look at him based on how he was born or where he was born. He said, we know no man according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Why? He was talking, um, Paul was talking to the people who were with Jesus under the law, but not in the new creation. Because while they were with Jesus, nobody was born again. You could only be born again after Jesus died. Did you get that? 
Okay, so it means that they didn't have the capacity to discern by the Spirit because they didn't have the life of God. Now, the Bible says, in him was life. And that life was the light of men. It's the kind of light that gives you insight into new perspectives. So, he says, on that premise, he says, even though we, we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him false no longer. It means that if I have given my life, or if I have received the life of Christ, and I have put my faith in the one who died and rose up um, on the third day for me, then it means I have his life, and I have the capacity not to see according to the flesh. So, verse 17 is now the conclusion of that. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Did you get it? He said, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have what? Passed away. And behold, all things have become new. It means that your perspective has changed. That's what it means. So when you are in touch with where you have come from, when you are in touch more with the origin of your father, your perspective will change. When you see situations, you don't discern situations by the flesh. When you see someone, you don't see by the flesh. You see by the spirit. Why? Because we know no man according to the flesh. When you look at your life, you don't discern your life by the flesh. When you look at all the things that are happening to you, you don't judge by the flesh. You judge by the spirit. Because you're in touch with your father. Is there anybody who will cry to his father as one who has a real relationship with his father and one who is more in touch with his father? You know, it's easy to miss God because we don't see him, we don't feel him, we don't touch him. And because you can't hold God, you feel that he doesn't care about you or you feel he has no plan for you. My friend, God loves you. Do you understand it? God is your father. And he's rich in mercies towards you. Hallelujah. He says we live for him. We live for him. Quit living for yourself. And begin to live for him. Quit living for what people say you should do. Begin to live for him. Hallelujah. Jesus said. He said. That I have come to do your will O God. He looked at Pilate and he said to Pilate, Truly you've said that I'm a king. And then Pilate said, If you're a king, then let your soldiers fight for you. And Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. That guy was not, he was not mistaking his identity. He said, My kingdom. He called his father's kingdom, his kingdom, my kingdom. Say, my kingdom is not of this world. Do you know who you are? When you step in, God comes in. That's why I taught you, I said, when you pray sometimes, you don't just pray to God, you pray as God. When you say something, God has said it. For I will give you keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth has been bound in heaven. 
It means shall have been bound in heaven. And what happens on earth is going to be a reflection of what has happened in heaven. Jesus said, I've given you the authority. So transpose. Quickly. You better begin to transpose. Reckon yourself of a different origin than your natural family. See yourself differently. He said, if, if my kingdom was of this world, I would have called... He said, if my, my, my kingdom is not of this world, but what you want me to do, I can do it and I can call legions of angels. Legions of angels to come fight for me. He was in touch with his heavenly father. Hallelujah. Are there times where you're broke and you're more conscious about how rich your father is? That's what I'm talking about. Transpose. Are there times where it feels like there is nobody with you? But you are more in touch with the one who sticks closer than a brother. Are there times where it feels like there is no hope again? But have you forgotten that you were predestined for something? Have you forgotten that your life was calculated by God? The moment you came into Christ, you came into election. He elected you before you were born. Hallelujah. You have a future. You have a destiny. I know who I am. I love the song that says, I know who I am. I know who I am. I'm not the man you see. Or I'm not the man you you just look at. There is more to me than meets the eyes. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are not of the world. You're not. You're not of the world. Hallelujah. So I want you to go home this evening with the understanding that your origin is not the natural. Your origin is supernatural. Hallelujah. My origin is of the Father. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm a holy nation. I'm a peculiar people. I've been called. See, I didn't call myself. You didn't call yourself. He called you to glory. Do you understand it? If he called you, it means he will sustain you in the call. He will keep you in the process. Hallelujah. I want you to be able to look at some things that are going wrong in your life and and just say to your father and say, Father, what's the plan? Is this the plan? Your father will talk to you. The spirit of God will tell you that this is just for now. You would know. You would know. But when you see something happening and then you begin to fret, it's because you don't know the plan. You're not in touch. Hallelujah. But how many people know that they are connected to a father who is beyond their earthly father, their earthly mothers, your earthly brothers, your earthly sisters? You know that you're connected to God, your father, the one who saved you, the one who called you into glory, the one who has made you a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Say after me, say, Lord, I thank you because I am called. I thank you because I am a holy nation. I'm a peculiar people. I have been called to show for the praises of the one who has brought me out of darkness and brought me into light. I thank you. 
I'm not confused about my origin. I'm not. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We thank you because from today we stay more in touch with who you have made us to be and our identity. We have been born of an incorruptible seed. Not of a corruptible seed. The word of God which lives and abides forever. We have been hewn by your word. We thank you, O God, because we represent the characteristics of our origin. In the name of Jesus Christ. We declare the praises of the one who has called us. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Friends, look, a lion cannot give birth to a goat. God cannot give birth to nonsense. Your origin is God. God is your son name. I'm telling you. Call your name and put God at the end of it. That's it. He says, I'm your father. Behold what manner of love the father has given unto us. That we should be called the sons of God. Look, it's enough to say that you should be the sons of God. But it says be called. So when they are calling your name, God is there. Do you understand? Philip Ransom Bello, God. It's like God. God. Call your name, put God at the end of it. Hallelujah. God is your father. It's your father. It's your father. Hallelujah. That's your origin. That's your origin. So does where you are born matter? Does the family you were born into matter? It doesn't matter in the plan of God. God can use any family to achieve it. But he wants to use this family to achieve his own original plan and purpose for your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.